Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. You're listening to Talk of Champions, an Ole Miss Spirit podcast with Ben Garrett. It's up, it's up, it's up, it's up, it's up. Talk of Champions. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben on Twitter. Joining me now is Walker Jones, the head man at the Grove Collective, Ole Miss's NIL arm. Hey, buddy, what's up? Oh, all good. Actually, pulling into Oxford today to get some work going this week. And, uh, you know, it's a fun time. You know, start of the summer and um, it's a little bit of a quiet period on the NIL front in the sense of the day to day because the athletes are, you know, most of them aren't in town and you know, enjoying some time off. So it's given us a little bit of time to catch our breath and get ready for the fall and the uh, upcoming school year. And um, so it's good. You know, the day-to-day is a little light right now. But uh, as you probably have seen the last week or so, on the national landscape is not very quiet on NIL. There's a lot going on and uh, a lot of conversations about the future and the dynamics of it. So we're paying attention, paying close attention to that, trying to stay ahead of the curve. And, um Take advantage of the downtime right now. Walker's the executive director of the Grove Collective. Like when it's busy time, what's a day in the life like for you? You know, that's a good question because it's it's all new for me in the sense of like when the busy times are going to be now that we're almost a year kind of into this this whole thing. um, It's figuring out, you know, when the really busy pockets are and when are the times where you can you know, catch your breath and kind of work on some planning and those types of things. So, you know, when it's busy, um, it is, it's a handful now. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's, it's probably more so than I anticipated. Uh, I've got a day job as well. Uh, you know, I have to balance the two uh, priorities as my, my company, my youth sports company, and then uh, that I'm a part of, and then the, the Grove Collective. And, uh, what's helped me do that, Ben, has really been our staff. You know, I've got a full-time staff here that we hired last year, uh, three people that are doing it 24-7, 365 uh, here in town, and they're able to, you know, live it and breathe it daily, which uh, allows me to, again, to kind of wear two hats. Um, and they're good about telling me, hey, you know, we've got this, this, coming on, this going on and we need you in town these days or – need you to make these phone calls for fundraising uh, or deal with some agents and that kind of stuff. So um, our, our staff really helps me kind of manage it all and be able to get to, uh, to kind of have two things going on. And, uh, but it, it's a lot, you know, and, 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 it, and I knew, I knew it was going to be busy, um, but I didn't quite realize just the, the pace of it when, the portal, like when the portal opens and closes, it gets really, really hectic. Um, and so we're learning how to deal with that. But, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm down in Oxford probably two to three days a week. Um, and if I'm not in Oxford, I'm finding time to make fundraising phone calls or do things in between my, my day. 
able to kind of work into a nice little rhythm. And again, but I, I think without our staff, it would be virtually impossible without having, again, three really good people here daily in the grind, helping me manage it all. Well, as far as the response with Chris Beard and Lane being Lane, I mean, have you seen a good response as far as getting the money you need to, to go get kids? I have. I really have. You know, and, and that's been probably been the thing that's worried me the most is, is just I'm very sensitive to donor fatigue and, you know, making sure that our people don't get worn out with the constant asking. Uh, I'm a donor. You know, I'm a season ticket holder. Um, so I'm, 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 you know, somewhat in those shoes as well. And so I'm just, I'm really sensitive to that. Um, and so we try really hard not to, to burden our people too much, but they've been phenomenal. Um, I think, uh, uh, as I've said many times before, uh, the sustainability of this thing is really in our membership and, you know, we're over 4,000 members, uh, which I think is at the top end of most collectives in the country. Um, and we're, we're continuing to push, you know, if we could get to five, 6,000 members, that really helps us for, with sustainability. Um, and our people have, 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 you know, been very receptive to that and also patient with us. You know, it's, it's a different world of giving when you're not giving season tickets or parking or those types of things. You know, we have to be really creative and we're still figuring out the best way to add value to our members. Um, and, you know, and, and so I think I give, you know, I'm just so humbled and appreciative of our fans giving without knowing all the things that, you know, come with the, this, this kind of unknown landscape of NIL. So, you know, Chris Beers done a great job of, of really diving in and helping us. We did an event in Oxford a couple of weeks ago and, he did a great job speaking to our members. Um, Lane is is always willing to help, and and you know obviously Coach Bianco, Coach Yo, um, and and really all our coaches have really uh, answered the call of us telling them, look, you know, it's fine hearing from me or hearing from our staff, but nothing replaces a phone call or a conversation from a head coach. Mm-hmm. That's just uh, you can't mask that. And anytime our coaches take the time to pick up the phone or come to an event and speak to our people, uh, we see immediate dividends from that. And there's just really no replacing that or no um, trade-off there. So uh, I feel good about where we are. And again, I'm just, uh, our people, uh, our success at the collective has been 100% attributed to uh, our fans answering the call. It's got to be hard to, to, find ways to add value to a membership to the Grove Collective through meet and greets, whatever it might be, when it's constantly changing or threatening to change? It is, you know, and I think we just have to be really honest with our people and tell them that we don't have all the answers. You know, it's okay to say, I don't know, or I'm not sure. You know, I think where you get in trouble is when you make assumptions and you assume something's going to be a certain way and, you know, that creates issues. I think our people appreciate the fact when we tell them, hey, we're still figuring that out or we're still analyzing that or, hey, we're trying something new and it may work and it may not work. And I think that's OK. I think our people appreciate honesty, uh, transparency and, you know, understanding that we're navigating in a space, as you said, that is constantly evolving uh, becoming more sophisticated, 
day by day. Um, and we're really having to kind of feel our way around um, on what are the best practices and the best ways to, again, create the most impactful and sustainable platform for our 400 plus athletes. And, you know, again, I think one of my frustrations being a, a business, you know, being in business a good portion of my life, a lot of the normal business or standard business practices really don't apply here. And I get that a lot. Like people say, well, why don't y'all do this or y'all should do that? And they're right. In a normal world, I'd love to do a lot of those things, but we just, you know, we want to go fast. We want to be inventive, innovative, and we want to be on the cutting edge, but we can't be reckless either. And, you know, the last thing, as I told people, you know, when we kicked this thing off last, you know, in the last summer was the well-being of our university and its student-athletes is at the core of what we're doing. And I'm never going to do anything to jeopardize that. And if that means we have to go a little slower or we have to say, hey, I don't quite know the answer to that yet, uh, so let's hold off there. And all that goes to protect those student-athletes and our beloved university, then I think we're doing, you know, we're being good stewards. And, you know, uh, that's going to continue to drive us. But it is getting a little easier as we learn more. And, and we're going to continue, as I've said countless times, to try to be as innovative as anybody. I think the biggest question for the common fan, if they could ask you any question right now, would be if a big three sport wanted to go get transfer X in whatever sport it might be, he's the big time guy, all the schools want him, could Ole Miss be competitive in that space or how has it changed in that way? If Ole Miss wanted to go get a transfer, whoever it was, could Ole Miss be competitive to go get that player? We can, you know, and I think that's another thing I want our fans to be careful about and I see this, not, not, not with our fans, but I see this on the national landscape, is when a kid decides to go somewhere, the knee-jerk reaction right now is, oh, well, he went there for the money. Or they, that school outbid everybody else. And I think, you know, that is the anomaly and not the norm. Mm. A lot of, I mean, from what I've seen, you know, the majority of these players are still choosing schools for some of those traditional reasons that have been around forever, you know, playing time, distance from home, scheme, coaching staff, um, academic major, uh, the town, the conference, the SEC, you know, the, all those things still matter a lot. As long as the money is comparable, then they, they'll rely on those things. Now, but I just, I have not seen, and again, I would be willing to say that I would have a hard time naming more than one or two instances where the money was just so outrageous that we lost somebody. Mm. Like, I just have not seen that. And again, and I've told all these people this, my job is not to write the biggest check every time. Right. That's fair to our people, and it's not realistic. My job is to be as competitive as possible so the, the student athlete reverts back to those other factors on their decision mm. because they know we're competitive and the money is going to be competitive and the support the collective is going to be, is going to, is going to bring them, is going to be competitive. So then they go, you know what, I'm going to go back and look at these other factors. And we have so many other great things to sell. We're going to win more times than not. If we can sh give them the peace of mind, knowing that we pay very competitively, we're very fair. We have great resources that we put around our student athletes. We're going to protect their well-being. We're going to maximize the NRL platform. And that doesn't always equate to the biggest check. 
so, you know, we, I've said this too, like we signed over half our portal class this year, took less money to come here. Now it wasn't a huge uh, divide. The money like was very comparable, but they took less money or comparable money to come here because they loved all those other factors. And that is my goal. Uh, if we have to write the biggest check every time, then number one, we're being pretty race wasteful with the money. Right. And number two, we're shortchanging our university. Yeah. And it's not sustainable at all. I mean, th- no. you, from that vantage point, I, w- I was always curious about that, you know, cause Chris Marshall is a good example of this. Chris Marshall was a transfer from Texas A&M. I'm not trying to get into specifics about anything, but uh, when you come to an agreement with a kid, as far as guaranteed money, what they actually get, how does that work? Well, yeah, and, and, and I think that he, he that's an example of why we don't, why we pay <clears throat> over a 12-month period yeah. and why we don't front load these agreements because, you know, there's risk there. And I'm a big believer in the student athlete earning their value over time. And they have responsibilities, you know, throughout the year, not just <clears throat> obviously when they're playing, but just as importantly when they're not playing and they're representing the Grove Collective or our university uh, and the various functions that we have. And so um, we don't, we're, we're very, we're very cautious about putting a bunch of money up front. God forbid we have an, an instant like that with Chris Marshall where, you know, the, uh, the young man was dismissed. Um, and that's why we don't like paying a lot of money up front. We also, too, Ben, have gotten much more sophisticated in our contractual agreements um, where we're protected. And we've learned, we've taken our lumps on a few uh, instances where a student athlete would contract with us and then a day or two later jump in the portal and use that as leverage to go try to find a better deal. And so we've written language in there that protects us from that. Um, so we, we've, we've learned over this last year, the loopholes, the leverage, um, and how we can best protect not only the collective, but the university, uh, and our coaches by writing a much more, you know, sophisticated contract that again, still is very fair, but gives us some protection. Introducing the new and improved BNA bank mobile app from setting transaction alerts and tracking your spending habits to managing travel plans and turning off a lost or stolen debit card. You can take care of all of it in the new BNA mobile app. At BNA Bank, we know that life moves pretty fast and we have the mobile technology to keep up with your life on the go. BNA Bank, local, invested, modern banking. Are you ready for the Grove? Because I know I am. So join Lane Kiffin and your Ole Miss football rebels at Vaught-Hemingway Stadium this fall for the 2023 season. Order tickets now to participate in the seat selection process and to explore seating options. Visit OleMissTix.com, OleMissTix.com, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation today, 662-915-7159. For Ole Miss football season tickets, it's time again to help lock the vault. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell. And what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors 
as they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. Ole Miss fans, you can never be too careful, especially these days and with young kids at home. Don't take any chances and secure your home with Eufy Smart Lock, an easy install, all-in-one security device for your front door and that peace of mind we're all looking for. I myself am a Eufy user, and I can tell you firsthand, go ahead and ditch those house keys forever, grab a Phillips head screwdriver because that's all you'll need, and give Eufy Smart Lock a try today. No monthly fee, and Eufy customer service is waiting on standby 247 to help you with any and all home security needs. So what are you waiting for? Head to Vault Hemingway or the Pavilion or Swayze Field to cheer on your Ole Miss Rebels with the reassurance your home is in good hands with Eufy Smart Lock. Eufy Video Lock makes it easy to keep an eye on things back home. Its built-in camera can tell you who's at the front door from the comfort of your stadium seat. Search Eufy Video Lock. That's E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Or visit eufyofficial.com, eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. That's Eufy Smart Lock and Eufy Video Lock, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's one of the biggest concerns. It feels like the fan and the university get shortchanged in these instances. But you're saying, from the Grove Collective standpoint, no, y'all, y'all have written in the language to protect Ole Miss, which I think is a monumentally important thing, especially with no guardrails right now with it. Yeah, and, I, uh, and that's a great point uh, that I want our fans to understand that is <clears throat> William Liston, who has obviously started the Grove Collective and he's our general counsel, he has worked really, really hard um, to write these agreements as such that we are protected. And we have some philosophical approaches to it, again, where we're not paying ridiculous amounts of money up front um, that create risk um, if we have an issue like Chris Marshall that happens. Um, and, and, and just having clauses in there that give us um, uh, a firm footing in this, whole world that is still relatively undefined on the on the transfer portal you know these uh the the student athletes being good citizens going to class you know saying the right things on social media uh i I want our fans to know that your money is protected uh yes is there risk in anything of course but we have taken some really really big strides 
um, uh, to provide even more of that uh, so that it gives our people a peace of mind, a peace of mind. The response in basketball is unprecedented. It has to be because the results have been unprecedented. Does that make sense? I mean, what's the response been like from y'all's in once Chris Beard gets going and now adding all these really impressive transfers? Yeah. You know, he, um, I knew coach Beard, uh, for my time at Under Armour when he was head coach at Texas tech. And I watched him build that program in a very short amount of time. So I've seen the blueprint. I was fortunate enough to, to be able to watch that firsthand and I see what he's doing here, and it looks really, really similar. And, you know, he has a great understanding of the culture that he wants to create, the type of roster he wants to build. Um, and he's been very communicative with us in terms of, you know, fundraising. You know, he has been uh, answered every call that I've had to him about, hey, I need you to talk to this this group or be at this event. So he's uh, – uh, we had a crawfish bowl back um, this spring uh, in town for all our members, and it rained literally. It was uh, – I thought the ark was going to float by at some point. It rained literally all day long, and we had a couple hundred of our, of our members that braved the weather uh, with our athletes to show up there. And Coach Beer was the only head coach that showed up to speak there and uh, did a great job showing up in the rain, talking to those people, um, and he's got a great message. And he, again, he's got a great track record. It's not just coach speak. He's done it. And um, I think people are seeing that. Uh, the fundraising has been great. Um, I will say basketball, I was somewhat shocked to, to hear some of the numbers that I've heard in basketball for some of these players. Um, you know, but the good thing about basketball is you don't need as many. <laughs> and you can get good really quick. You know, the, the price per player is a lot higher. Right. Uh, but you have to have as many of them. And, you know, I think he's showing that if you go get, you know, a handful of the right guys uh, with some complimentary pieces around it, you can become a contender overnight. And uh, and I think our people are seeing that. I've certainly seen it firsthand. Um, he hit not only Coach Beer, but I want to throw a shout-out to his staff. Brian Berg, Al Pekins, Wynn Case. Those guys have been awesome, and they've got a plan. Uh, they know what they want to accomplish. They know what kind of roster they want to coach, uh, and they've been great to work with. You kind of touched on it there. The portal's not monolithic, obviously. So what's been the biggest difference or differences and challenges, in your view, from an NIL standpoint between football and basketball? You know, because basketball, I've heard some of those numbers too, and when I first heard them, I'm like, how in the world, right? Yeah, you know, it is. The, the, just the cost is, is, is a lot different. Um, I think, um, you know, football, uh, everybody knows you got to have more pieces in football. And so, you know, there, there's a definite difference on cost. I think there's also more people involved in basketball, you know, just with the nature and the culture of basketball, the AAU world. Um, the, the, the camp programs that these, these athletes have, have come up in. Um, so there's, there's much more people involved in that decision-making process in basketball, football, but not so much. Um, and, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, ba basketball, again, it's more expensive, but the, the volume is not as, you know, um, never ending as it is in football. I mean, football, 
you're constantly dealing with, you know, large numbers of kids in the portal. You're dealing with, again, multiple position groups, offense, defense, special teams. Um, it's just, you know, the scale is much different. I think in basketball, uh, these, these athletes are looking at it going, okay, if I come there, um, you know, and this is the core of the team you have around me, I can have success there because of this. It's a lot easier for those basketball players to see a tangible um, direction and a fit, if that makes sense. They, they, they can see the fit a lot clearer in basketball. Football is just such much of a bigger scale, and you're one piece of a many. Um, so uh, the decision-making process in, in basketball is a lot quicker than it is in football. The obvious question is what guardrails do you think need to be put in place, but that's too broad. So what's the first thing, if, if you could get something implemented, what would that be? Oh, I think there needs to be, I think the portal should go back to what it was created for. Um, I think the portal was created really the outcry about, Hey, these coaches can up and leave at any point, but these players don't get to. And I think you could put some limitations on the portal uh, and say that, you know, the only way you're going to be eligible in the portal immediately is if your coach voluntary, voluntarily or involuntarily leaves, meaning he goes, takes another job or he's fired, or you have some sort of life event, a, God forbid, a death in the family, a serious illness, a mental health illness, something like that, or you've been at a school for no less than three years. I think those things right there pretty much encompass all the reasons of why the portal was such an outcry to happen. Um, I don't think the portal was created for a freshman or a sophomore who gets disenchanted because he didn't get the ball thrown to him or he doesn't like the coach he's playing for and he wants to leave after a semester. I don't think that's why the portal was created. Um, and, and then the inverse of that is it creates this free agent marketplace, which drives the dollars up and creates these, unsustainable payrolls that, that are burdening these collectives. And so, um, and then that hinders the growth of NIL to your non-revenue sports because that free agency aspect throws so much money towards those big three sports. The other sports get penalized because there's just not that much money to go around. So I think if you can, if you can get the transfer portal back to those reasons of why it was created, um, and it limits some of the volume of that. I think that would be helpful. Um, yeah, well, that, whether that will happen or not, who knows? But I think that would be, uh, you know, because as I said, well, if the coach leaves, this kid should be able to leave. Yeah, you're right. But if the coach is still there and the kid gets disenchanted or the parents get mad or something, then, you know, um, I don't, I'm not so sure that's why we wanted the portal in the, in the first place. So I'd say that probably, Ben, is probably my first one. I think. The other one, which is much broader and would probably take federal oversight, is <laughs> all these ridiculous state statutes that are popping up. You know, I think that that's creating a huge uneven playing field where if you're in one state and you're able to offer recruiting inducements through NIL to stay in state, uh, or there's these ridiculous rev shares like California proposed in their state statute, I think these state laws um, to use a common term, these state laws are a race to the bottom. If only there was a uniform, you know, body 
that was supposed to come in and coordinate all this stuff. Yeah. Imagine that. Um, imagine that, you know, that's, and I think, you know, that's the other thing too, is just probably the bigger question of just what's the future of the NCAA. And I think that is probably as unknown and probably up in the air as anything. What role does the NCAA still have? What can they still salvage as a governing body to try to create some fair standards across the landscape? And I just, I just don't know where that is. And, um, you know, but again, I think these state laws, everybody, every state's trying to outdo the other state in a race to the bottom, and it's going to create some real inequities if we're not careful. Uh, and ultimately, Congress will have to get involved at a broad level. And and I'm not so sure. I'm not uh, completely against Congress. You know, some federal oversight as long as it's broad in nature um, and leaves some latitude for the adults to get back in the room and work within those confines. When do you think that something will actually happen, though, substantially? You know, look, I'm, I'm hearing good stuff. Um, and I think there is a, a push for cooler heads to prevail. Um, and I know this on the collective side. We, uh, the Grove Collective, along with another 30 or 40 collectives, have gotten together and we are forming our own trade association to help provide a voice and some exchange, uh, you know, exchanging some information between the collectives, which I think is going to going to greatly help. So I think that's a very positive step, and we're fortunate enough to grow collectives to be kind of a, a founding uh, board member of that group uh, to try to help, you know, balance this thing out a little bit. So I think that's an example of some things that are happening right now. I know there's two federal bills that are being circulated uh, from Congress. Uh, to weigh in um, that, you know, from what I've heard, have some real merits to them. Uh, the problem with that, as we both know, is the time frame on those um, is, is, does not, is not an expeditious as, as, as we want it to be, especially going into an election year next year. Um, I just wonder if they're going to be able to get something done in a timely manner. But the people that I've heard at the federal level that are involved are the right people to be involved. So uh, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, I think that uh, the conferences and the collectives are trying to work hand-in-hand uh, in, hand in tandem to create some, some real conversation, which I think will be helpful. Well, as part of uh, your partnership, the Grove Collective's partnership, not Walker's necessarily, with the Brander Group, Grove Collective athletes will start participating in monthly eSports tournaments run through the Hyperlux platform. Does that mean I get to just go uh, beat the crap out of whichever player I want to in MLB The Show or 2K, whatever yeah. it be? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this was a cool idea that we came up with, you know, majority of our athletes are playing or are gaming yes. and playing games in their downtime. So it's a, it's a space that they are very familiar with. They're very passionate about, and it gives another platform for our student athletes to engage with the Ole Miss fan base and the gaming community. And I just thought it was really cool that, you know, Jacob Gonzalez or Jackson Dart or Matthew Morrell or whoever could go on there, have a tournament, and a bunch of our fans could go in and play a tournament with that athlete, against that athlete, ultimately have tournaments against other schools and other schools' athletes that create this sense of community, um, 
and the prizes for our fans are experiential. You know, meaning they get to win a dinner with the athlete or um, a pickup basketball game in the pavilion or a birthday party in the vault or, you know, uh, signed merchandise. So it just, it was just another way for us to use a very accepted form of communication, the gaming world, to bring them closer to our fans. And like we said at the beginning of this conversation, another way to add value to our members. Um, and, you know, it, it just, when we brought this up, when we sampled our athletes, I mean, you should just see their face. They're like, absolutely, I am down for that. And it wasn't even really about, yeah, the money's a part of it, but it was really about the experience. And they're like, you mean I can run my own tournament and almost fans can all come in and watch and compete? I'm like, yeah. They're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I'm in. You know, so – and again, that's my kind of, I've said this since the beginning, like I want to use NIL the right way and I want to do it that, you know, adds real value to our athletes, helps them enjoy the experience of being an Ole Miss student athlete and does more than just compensate them. And I think this is another example of us doing that. And, you know, for me to be able to sleep well at night, knowing I'm asking uh, our fans for their hard-earned money to support these athletes, I want to be able to do something like this where they can see a tangible return other than just the compensation side of it. So I think if we keep doing those things. We'll be winning. And, right. and look, to your point about, you know, competing against the, the big boys and A&Ms and Tennessee's and all these people for athletes, like these things matter. So if you can, if we can be co- uh, comparable and competitive on the numbers, but we add all these other cool things that come with it, that will, but that adds value and that will allow us to be to punch above our weight and be competitive. He's Walker Jones, the Grove Collective's executive director. Thank you, my friend. I know you're busy taking the time. You're the man. We'll do it again. Awesome, Ben. Thanks so much. Have a great week, man. Talk soon. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.